Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 17th of December 2012. For newcomers, I hope you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and make use of it because there's lots and lots of information, years of information in fact, where I go through the system, the big system you're born into and how it really works and how literally you're, you're run by scientific socialism, very old technique actually and very precise now. It's a, a technique where everyone is standardized, basically, with their education, their entertainment, the, the things that are fed to you to even like or dislike are all fed to you as well. Even the hobbies that they promote, too, you're, that they put out uh, are all put out for you, and you are given a small selection of things to choose from, including what you're going to work at, too, down the road, if there's any work left at all. And the big boys who set up this, work, this system were the biggest money managers of the world in the late 1800s, early 1900s, they used the British Empire to promote the system, and then America was to take it over. And under the American system, they call it the Council on Foreign Relations, the British system is a raw issue for international affairs. It's just branches of the same organization, and they have this one, this organization across the world in every country, including the European Union now, too. So you understand you're living through an agenda, a world agenda, but not just to, to hold hands across the sea and all smile together and, and share things. It's to do with a new kind of society altogether, uh, run by professionals and experts, and basically uh, the eradication of what we used to call middle classes. That's replaced by technocrats, really, and those who are in this, the academia working for the big boys at the top. Massive think tanks they have working on all their problems to deal with us. Nothing happens by chance on any scale. Uh, every big change that happens in any country is worked out years and years in advance, many years, sometimes 20 or more, and even the wars too, for that matter. And... Um, they have 5, 10, 15, 20-year plans like the communist system as well to get certain things done. So help yourself to the, to the audios uh, at the web website. Remember, too, you can keep me going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And to do so, you can purchase them uh, from the U.S. to Canada using personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can, you can send cash or use PayPal. Cross the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And remember, straight donations are seriously welcome. But we're going through this agenda, as I say, and it's just so evident for those who've studied it for years. And um, the trick for those who've not studied it for years is don't get waylaid off into all the diversions that are deliberately put out there uh, to get you running off in the wrong directions and spinning your wheels forever and ever. Because the policy control the media didn't miss anything. They didn't miss anything. They know how you think. They know how you'll think when you're trying to ask questions. And they make sure there's lots of... It's like coming out of a, a, of a, a tunnel into a field. And across the field is a forest. 
as you try to get to the forest. And on the way, there's all these different signs saying, come here, here's the truth, come there, there's the truth. Then you're off to space aliens and high vibrations of hidden masters and all this rubbish. But the fact is, you've got to keep your mind on facts, facts that you can put together. And with facts, you can also prove to other people uh, what's actually happening. Once you bring them into all the mysticism stuff and, and divert them, you lose credibility. And that's why there's lots of people pushing the, the, the kind of stuff out there, high profile too, because, because that's meant to discredit the truth. Because the truthers are, are then lumped in with them, you see. So there's psychological warfare going on in all directions too, not just on the mainstream press, by the mainstream press, but in all the other areas as well. So be careful what you think and allow into your brain. Because your mind has no firewall. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the Matrix and tonight's. I won't go on for long about the latest shooting because it's like so many of the other shootings that what's come out to the public stinks to high heaven with all the inconsistencies and so on. And it's being used as, as the final move, of course, to do what they did in Australia, which was to you know, banish and, and ban all semi-automatic firearms. And uh, in fact, Australia uh, has a big organization that's... It's now connected with the United Nations for doing this very thing. The woman who started it up, up for Australia was uh, Rebecca Peters, and she's now working with the United Nations and trying to push this on the States as well through the UN for the same things they did in Australia. So they're going to town with this one. And it's, it's interesting, too, just little bits are interesting, not too much in these articles they put out there as they try to demonize the mother for a start and talk about having an arsenal of weapons, and they bring it down to book five at the most, uh, and stuff like that. But then nothing makes any sense at all. Uh, even the, the, the reason this guy would shoot his mum and then go down to the school and shoot the children makes no sense at all. If you understand, too, for techniques to to, to really impact the public today, uh, we're so jaded and, and um, we're desensitized to violence uh, that they have to go for children. It's the only thing that might make a difference in your mind or, or make you remember it, because it, it's the only way it works now, just the children, even though it's a hypocrisy, because there's more children ab- aborted in the U.S. than, I think, live births. But um, President Obama said at the interfaith prayer service in the morning community this evening that the country's left with some hard questions uh, if it is to curb a rising trend in gun violence. So it was right off the spree. Uh, he just took off with that right off the bat. And he said that he would do everything to, to engage uh, the nation, I guess, in a dialogue with Americans, including law enforcement and men- mental health professionals, because we can't tolerate this anymore. Now, you understand, and I've mentioned this before, that the groups that were given uh, power that came into the United States just prior to World War II uh, they had to flee from Germany and other countries, uh, like the Frankfurt School and others, were given permission uh, by the U.S. president to create a new culture for America. And part of it was that these particular people were afraid that America would become Nazified, you see. And um, 
And so they were given permission to, to really get into universities. And they, they did vast amounts of professors came straight in from Eastern Europe. Their, their credentials were fudged and they taught social sciences across the whole country to change the next generation of up-and-coming people who've been managerial positions. And again, uh, they, they wanted to eventually get to the stage of banning all weapons, etc. And they'd feel safe themselves, these people. And so it's, it's continuing, the same thing is continuing, and they haven't stopped. So you actually read this article here, from Obama here, and he says we can't tolerate this anymore, and it, everything must change, and so on. But uh, as I say, he talks about, is this worth the price of freedom, having children killed, which would mean the opposite would be true. Uh, having no children killed would mean you'd have no freedom. You understand this? He's talking about big, big changes. And psychological testing of children will come into it, because they're already doing it. This came from the Frankfurt School as well, because this bunch declared that uh, everybody outside of their own ethnic group was actually um, paranoid and, and mentally ill. And therefore, they wanted to bring in psychiatry back then to test every child. That's happening in Europe. It's happening in Scotland, as they say. Uh, and every child that was tested for psychological testing at the age of maybe one and a half and two, right on through their lives. And that's to happen in America as well. It'll happen to the adults too, believe you me. Because you're in a completely different scientifically run system today. And the people haven't quite caught up that everything has changed before this shooting happened. Everything's already changed. The culture of America is not American culture. It was given to the public. The present culture was given to them. So it's going to really push on and push on till they get exactly what they want. And if they can't get it through this one, they'll have another one. You wait and see. There's simply too many inconsistencies and some of the articles are saying that this particular uh, guy, Adam uh, Lanza, was on medication. Uh, they want to see what kind of medication he was on. That means he's also seen a therapist or a psychiatrist, imagine. And that's what you find in the stories of them all. Same kind of MO, MO, MO. He also apparently liked to go to school sometimes with the trench coat like the, like the Columbine shooters did. And it came out with, with the dialogues then that the, the, they'd, that they'd been having dialogues by, by the internet to particular sites that they knew uh, later on was, was run by CIA. It was kind of helping them along. So everything stinks with this one again. And it came right on cue. And uh, as I say, if they can't get all through this one, you'll have another one very shortly with, with similar MOs as well. But I'll put all these links up tonight there and prattle on about it because we're, we're getting fed more propaganda than any any actual facts here at all. I'll put these links up tonight on what I have on him. And on the other stories, we'll see what happens anyway, but on the other stories too. Now, you understand we're under a, a completely different kind of system, as I've said, where big agencies, you don't vote for, in fact, you've never even voted to get them to come into existence, in fact, like the United Nations system. That was brought in by the guys who wanted to take the world over, the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They created the United Nations. 
And it was, it was supposed to start off as a kind of round table where opposing countries would all meet and they could work out the resolutions of conflict right there. And then it spread into feminist issues, a whole bunch of issues, and now it's abortion issues and depopulation issues and weather control and all. I mean, it just blossomed like it was meant to do because it is really the embryo of a world government system. But under this kind of system that runs very much like the Soviet system, by the way, and completely intolerant of the general public's opinions, uh, will lie to the public all the time. I mean, I really believe that. It's all the time you're being lied to. But that's, that's how we're living today. Everything that's told to the public comes through public relations experts, or as Bernays would call them, propaganda experts. Every agency for government, the United Nations and so on, have them. And no person talks directly to the people unless through as a public relations expert. But listen to this article. The United Nations approves radiation advice, it says. Approves radiation advice. So the UN is to adopt advice on radiation that clarifies what can be said about its health effects on individuals and large populations. Right off the bat, you're telling you, they're not going to tell you the truth about things when future leaks come out, never mind the past ones. What can and can't be said about health effects on individuals and large populations. A preliminary report has also found no observable health effects from last year's nuclear accident in Fukushima, which is utterly a whitewash, of course. So you can't trust these, these characters on anything. They're never going to tell you the truth. But the the claim says the studies come from the United Nations Scientific Committee on the Effects of Atomic Radiation. After five years of work, an independent body of international experts, this is UNCEAR, or SEER, they call it, UNCEAR, has met regularly since 55 and helped establish radiation as the best understood carcinogen in the world through its studies of atomic bomb survivors and the effects of the Chernobyl accident. Having been officially approved by the United Nations General Assembly, the reports as well as resolutions welcoming them will be endorsed in coming weeks. They will then serve to inform all countries of the world when setting their own national radiation safety policies. Now remember, they upped all the safe standards to make a new safe standard, a new normal, which are about twice or three times as higher than the old normal. These are the guys who are running that part of the system. So I'll put that up tonight too. Just, just really get you that. Really, really get you. And then, in this world of equality and democracy, which apparently was supposed to have started in Britain, this, this democracy, the Queen is to attend her first cabinet meeting, a very first cabinet meeting with the politicians in Parliament. She's in charge of all. In fact, all, all laws that are passed, they have to get sent to her to sign or throw out. And she's never been to see how it, how it even works. It doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, Parliament is just a, a bunch of trained seals going along with the agenda. So it says, uh, it's believed to be the first time a monarch will attend cabinet since Queen Victoria's reign. The cabinet, which will meet uh, weekly, uh, will, will present her with a gift which they have brought to commemorate her diamond jubilee year. I guess the taxpayer pays for that too. She's expected to sit beside the Prime Minister during part of the regular meetings of senior ministers. Well, the head of uh, state, uh, she is the head of state. Her involvement in day-to-day political decisions is largely formal. The Prime Minister visits her regularly for an audience when he updates her on events, while she's also expected to rubber-stamp ministerial decisions at the meetings of the Privy Council. Mind you, all these politicians, including the Prime Minister, swear allegiance to her and not the country. 
So for someone to just rubber stamps things, I think she has quite a lot of power there. The Queen plays a central ceremonial role in the state opening of Parliament when she travels by ornate horse-drawn coach to the House of Lords to read out a speech prepared by ministers unveiling details of their legislative plans. So she also retains the power to appoint the Prime Minister. BBC political correspondent Chris Mason says she's well used to hosting a weekly audience with her Prime Ministers. David Cameron brings her 12th. Uh, but has never headed into Downing Street, sat there in the cabinet room and heard her various ministers discuss whatever happens to be the government's in, in trade that week, it says here. Now, she's kept up to date on all the spy goings on and so on and so on that happens. Uh, MI5, MI6 both send daily reports to her, by the way. And uh, she's c- completely up on everything that actually is really happening on the real level of running the country. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and I've mentioned so many times that the bunch who started this whole globalist society up, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the guys who drafted all the plans for it and still run it today, uh, they're all based, of course, in London, all the big boys. They decided to, to bring in a world of free trade, which would also disintegrate the nations, the nation state, basically. And they could bring in world government down the roads. But they also knew of the massive impact it would have on countries that were going to join, uh, and some of them would lose most of their manufacturing, like the US, for instance, and Canada and other ones. But they're still going ahead with signing more and more free trade deals with other countries. It says the European Union, Singapore, completes free trade pact negotiations. So the European Union and Singapore concluded negotiations in a free trade market after almost three years of talks, boosting the bloc's efforts to increase commerce with Asian nations to revive economic growth. Now, you know yourself that everything that happens there is a one-way street of stuff coming in. It says the EU will eliminate tariffs on all imports from Singapore over five years, while the island will allow duty-free access for all incoming shipments from the region immediately, the city's Minister of Trade and Industry said in a statement today. The deal will help companies from both signatories to bid for government contracts in the other's market. So what it helps is for the big energy companies and that's and guys are after water or gas from, from, the, from the European states to, to get in there and help buy the, with the stuff over in Singapore as well, because really uh, they've got nothing else to export that the people want. All the exports will come in as imports into 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 Britain and elsewhere, of course, just like China does too. And then as we go through all this too, uh, we're getting hit massively with the greenie boys and all that, and how energy must go up, etc. In this new fascist system, and it says here that 300,000 in Britain will, will be in fuel poverty by Christmas as the politicians fail to act on energy prices. Well, they don't fail to act. They're told to leave it alone by the real government. That's how things work. And it says that houses are struggling to pay bills and are expected to top $9 million by 2016. It says forcing firms to insulate homes for poorer customers will add $116 to bills, and the politicians are doing too little to soften the blow of costly green measures. Green, green measures. What's a green measure, for God's sake? The, the terms they give you are ridiculous. Remember, it was, it was Lenin that said, we'll win by slogans. Just little terms, you know. 
that every parrot still becomes a concrete thing in your mind. The latest round of energy price rises will leave another 300,000 families struggling to pay their heating bills this Christmas. The government's advisor on fuel, fuel poverty warns today. In a devastating report, the Independent Fuel Poverty Advisory Group said government initiatives were completely inadequate to tackle the scale of the problem and warned that ministers were doing too little, etc. to soften the blow. It warns that the number of households struggling to pay their bills is expected to hit more than 9 million by 2016, the date by which the last government pledged to end fuel poverty. It's estimated that 4 million households are currently in fuel poverty or forced to spend more than 10% of their income to keep their home warm. It's a lot more than 10%. Around half of those are pensioners, while a further fifth contain at least one child aged five or under. In a separate report published today, the Institute for Public Policy Research warns that the initiative to force energy firms to insulate their homes of poor customers would would add the costs up to $116 or pounds to the average bill. So it's it's just skyrocketing ahead. Plus, at the same time, the big group that's in charge of the grid for Britain, this big group, are jacking up the costs of replacement parts, which is their business, right? They're putting the cost of that onto the public as well and jacking up their prices to 7 or 8% per, per year. But they're doing it in Canada too, by the way. We're doing it first. And they told us that too. So, so yeah, now you pay for their cost of running a company instead of them taking it out of their profits. Not bad being fascist, eh? And another article here is Top Researchers Call for an End to United Nations Climate Summits. And rethinking global warming experts call for an end to these climate mega-summits. Massive United Nations climate summits have been held for years but accomplished little, believing there's almost no chance to secure a global deal on reducing emissions. Experts now want to ditch the current system and try something new. The feeling of deja vu was difficult to ignore. Immediately following the recently ended climate conference in Doha, German Environment Minister Peter Almeyer insisted that the the gathering had opened the door to the future of international climate protection. It's a comment reminiscent of so many attempts by top politicians in recent years to sell yet another failed climate summit as a success. This year, the summit barely avoided collapse by forging a last-minute agreement that the 2015 meeting would be the one at which a global emissions reduction deal would be decided. That such a deal was supposed to be produced at the 2009 summit, and Copenhagen seems to have been largely forgotten. Even the definition of success has been dramatically diminished. The conference's Hans Joachim Schellhuber, the long-serving climate advisor to the government in Berlin, can be counted as a success because a collapse of the arduous United Nations process was avoided. It's all double speak by, you know, the socialist speak, the people who are into socialism. They can't say anything clearly on anything. You should see the, the charts they write up. Top climate researchers have had enough, though. Several leading experts at the International Round Institutes in Germany are demanding an end to the climate summit charade. It's time to begin confronting the reality of a warmer future rather than meekly insisting that global warming can be slowed without taking action to make that happen, they say. And the dream of a deal is over. The period characterized by the United Nations' clever management of expectations is coming to an end since Oliver Geddon, the climate expert with the German Institute for International Security Affairs in Berlin. And they're looking for a, a fi- find a solution, they said, and I've not found it yet. Back with more after this. Your 
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. It's amazing too that banks still go the same way they've always gone. Uh, unimpeded, unhindered with all their cons that, are, that they do and get set for the next crash, of course, because they, they crash at least twice a century, sometimes three times a century, and they get off with it too because it's all run by corruption. Re- the real world is run by nothing but corruption, but the real guys who are really up there don't get touched at all. They plunder us every so often. But here's the, the green scam again and banks, of course, and these were a big bank in Germany. The Deutsche Bank offices in Germany were raided in a carbon tax fraud probe, it says here. Now, the carbon tax is a fraud in itself. But it says German prosecutors have raided offices belonging to the Deutsche Bank as part of an investigation to a tax evasion scheme involving the trading of carbon permits. The Frankfurt prosecutor's office said 25 employees of the bank were suspected of serious tax evasion, money laundering and obstructing justice. Uh, arrest warrants have been issued for five of those employees. The Deutsche Bank said it was cooperating fully with authorities and public prosecutors. Prosecutors searched Deutsche Bank offices today in connection with investigations that have been underway since the spring of 2010 against individuals suspected of tax evasion and the trading of CO2 emission certificates. They're making millions and billions on these certificates, which they all got for nothing, by the way, all these countries from the EU to get it all started. And it's Germany's biggest bank. Prosecutors said 500 police officers swooped on Deutsche Bank offices and private properties in Frankfurt, Berlin and Düsseldorf. About 20 police minibuses and two large coaches were parked outside the bank's Frankfurt headquarters where tax inspectors were seen leaving the building carrying backpacks and suitcases. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They're not dumb as to leave it all there, although what they're really early up to. But anyway, it says uh, last year a German court jailed six men over 300 million euro, which is $391 million fraud selling carbon emission permits through the Deutsche Bank. They bought the permits overseas and paid no tax, then resold the permits to each other to claim back tax illegally. Every con in the books out there. The guys who deal with money don't think linearly. They think round things, zigzag. And and that's their nature, folks. That's why they're up there running these. these, You can't keep up with the scams. They can dream up instantly. They can't. These guys shouldn't dream up. They'll see the con themselves in anything immediately. Because they are con men. Since under EU rules, limits are set on the amount of carbon dioxide companies emit, and those polluting less can sell credits to those that need more. What a joke, eh? What a joke. Bags are nothing, but they bring in bags of cash. And also, I'm going to go into um, this as well. I put up a link tonight too to do with drugs and and those who have been involved in suicide and violence. It's quite an interesting one, and it goes through the different drugs and different school shootings over the years, and the person, the perpetrators, what drug they've been on, what kind it is, uh, the dates and so on, and where it all happened, who, who were shot, etc. But it's quite a lengthy uh, list here indeed, and you'll find they're all on. Drugs. All these youngsters are on drugs by Big Pharma. Mandated drugs, too. And also this one here. 
vaccine bombshell, a leaked confidential document exposes 36 infants dead after this vaccine, it says here. And it says, a confidential GlaxoSmithKline document recently leaked to the press exposed that within a two-year period, a total of 36 infants died after receiving the 6-in-1 vaccine. Infanrix Hexa is called Infanrix Hexa. According to the website initiative, uh, uh, Sito Yen, who reports that the news, uh, the, the, the 1,271-page document revealed that GlaxoSmithKline received a total of 1,742 reports of adverse reactions between October 23rd, 2009 and October 22nd, 2011, including 503 serious adverse reactions and 36 deaths. Uh, it says it's not that 14 deaths were recorded in the GSK between October two, 2009 and the end of two, uh, 2011, as we had originally calculated that 36, 14 from 2010 and 11, 22 from 2009 10. In addition to these 36 deaths, at least 37 other deaths, uh, sudden death mainly, bringing the total to, to at least 73 deaths since the launch of the vaccine in 2000. And again, this concerns only the deaths by sudden death, no further recovery of under-reporting. Using the figure of 36 deaths over a two-year period, this averages is 1.5 deaths per month, which by one standard is extremely high. Note that only 1 to 10% of adverse reactions to vaccines are actually reported. Therefore, in reality, the problem could potentially be far more serious and the actual number of fatalities much higher. And it goes into the deadly chemical cocktail they put into this stuff. And it's just, it's horrific. You, pumping all these different ones for different diseases all at once and it's up, never mind at all, but into, into children and, and, and adults even is madness, folks. Madness. Your immune system is not meant to hit, to handle six or seven diseases at one time. For a start. Never mind the fact that they synthesize these, these viruses and so on. So you've got a synthetic, non-natural one injected into your body. And all the other proteins that they put into you as well. The foreign proteins. And that in itself can kill folk immediately with an anaphylactic shock. But it doesn't matter. They still go on with it. And I'm sure this is all... I, mean, I personally have come to the conclusion that this is one of the main uh, ways of, of using uh, biowarfare on the public. And dumbing them down. Altering them physically too. Lord Bertrand Russell said they would use this technique with the needle, he says, to get compliant, rather stupid people, so they'd be easily governed. And also, too, it reduces your life expectancy as well, never mind giving you chronic diseases. And here's one from Australia, it's quite amazing too. Water customers pay for mothballed desalination plants, costly green electricity deal. And it says... Uh, uh, SA Water South Australia Water customers are locked into a 20-year contract to pay millions of dollars for expensive green electricity for the state's mothballed desalination plants. Inquiries by Adelaide now have revealed that despite the plant not being needed until the next drought, South Africa's water has already signed a two-decade-long deal that forces it to pay a minimum amount of year for green electricity. The cost will add to water bills, which have already increased on average from $300 a decade ago to almost $900 this year. That's what you're paying for your water. The deal locks South Africa water into paying about $50 per megawatt hour, despite the price now dropping to $30, and despite a consultant advising against the deal. So they built this desalination plant that they're not even using, so you've got to pay for it for 20 years. 
Oh, it's just madness, isn't it? Not bad deals, though, if you're big, big corporations nowadays, isn't it? And you're lobbied governments. You made these private shake-hand deals, you know. And a landmark climate change report is leaked online, it says here. The draft of a major global warming report by the United Nations Climate Science Panel has been leaked online. The fifth assessment report, called AR5, by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is not due to be published until the fall or into September 2013, was uploaded onto a website called Stop Green Suicide Thursday and has since been mirrored elsewhere on the Internet. I'll put the link up tonight to get the whole PDF. The IPCC, which confirmed the draft as genuine, said in a statement, the IPCC regrets this unauthorized posting, which interferes with the process of assessment and review. We'll continue not to comment on the contents of the draft reports as their works in progress. A little-known U.S.-based climate skeptic called Alec Rawls, who'd been accepted by the IPCC to be one of the report's 800 expert reviewers, admitted to leaking the document. In a statement posted online, he sought to justify the leak. He says, the addition of one single sentence discussing the influence of cosmic rays on the Earth's climate, meaning, yeah, the Earth can actually be caused to warm by sun. Sunlight, folks. The heat from the sun. Who'd have thought, eh? Demands the release of the whole, he says, the whole, the whole document. That sentence is an astounding bit of honesty, a killing admission that completely undercuts the main premise and the main conclusion of the full report, revealing the fundamental dishonesty of the whole. Climate skeptics have heralded the sentence, which they interpret as meaning that cosmic rays could have a greater warming influence on the planet than mankind's emissions as game-changing. The isolation by climate science skeptics of one sentence of the 14-chapter draft report was described as completely ridiculous by one of the report's lead authors, Professor Steve Sherwood, a director of the Climate Change Research Centre at the University of New South Wales. He told ABC Radio in Australia, you go and read those paragraphs yourself and a summary of it and see that we conclude exactly the opposite, that this cosmic ray effect that the paragraph is discussing appears to be negligible. See, they're sticking to the fact that they don't get any heat off the sun at all. It's got nothing to do with, with What's happening on the earth? That's what's mad. That's what's mad, folks. But they'll stick to that mantra because you see, they're all getting awfully well buttered bread, these guys. Awfully well buttered bread. Their whole careers, it just, you know, it's going to be in heaven, basically. When the salaries are getting, they can't afford to tell the folk the truth. Then he says they're good for, for all, but it'll really help spread the world's wealth across the world, all these carbon taxes and everything else. It's all. Nonsense, as you know. All goes to international corporations. And as Obama was crying on the video, which we put up tonight too, uh, he's really good at that too. It actually teach them how to do it. And uh, I think they all get taught that about the children being killed and all that. Uh, the same day it happens, a landmine blasts 10 Afghan girls collecting firewoods in Afghanistan. So... Ten-year-old girls were killed when a landmine exploded while they were collecting firewood in eastern Afghanistan's uh, Nagarar province on Monday. It says the girls aged between 9 and 11 died when one of them accidentally struck the mine with an axe. And it says uh, an old uh, mine left over from the time of the jihad against Soviet troops in the 80s exploded, killing ten girls and wounding two others, he says. Now remember, too, that Obama personally, it's been in the papers, the media, I've read articles here, says that he personally pricks, it depicts the targets for drone attacks. He personally does it. And if you look at the list of the children they've killed over the last few years, it's just astronomical. 
So I think it's rather discriminatory to, to cry for one bunch and not the other. But then there's a political agenda to do at home. And we all know what the political agenda is, obviously. And as we progress into this great socialist world, socialist for everyone else at the bottom, kind of communistic, you see, collectivistic, you have to go the whole way of all the big boys who planned and took over communism. The same people actually are running it today, for those who don't know it. And uh, part of the idea, too, was they had to get rid of any kind of gender training. In other words, young girls should be brought up as young boys, perhaps, and boys would get brought up as young girls. I mean, that's happening, too. And um, it says, if you get rid of the word gender, would you, it says. I've read a, a report a while back similar to this one on, on Sweden. It says, uh, on just about every front today, European offers Americans a peek around the corner at our future. We seem to be taking Greece as our model on government debt, France on entrenched unemployment, and Italy and Spain on the bloated welfare state. But as we pan eagerly after the holy grail of European social democracy, we do well to pay attention to other less discussed coming attractions. One of our great national projects is eliminating the vestiges of sex differences in our families, workplaces, and elsewhere. And there's a massive move on across the U.S., Canada, and everywhere else to do this. There's no better place in Sweden to get a preview of what the brave new world of gender neutrality may hold. Swedish social planners are busy constructing a society that entirely erases traditional gender roles and stereotypes at even the most mundane levels, according to the online journal Slate. How mundane is his prominent social democrat politicians have proposed gender neutral public restrooms so their fellow citizens won't be able, uh, forced to label themselves as men or women. Well, you have choices now what you want to be. One local left-wing party has gone further proposing a law requiring men to sit while urinating in office restrooms. And Sweden has added a new pronoun called hen to its online national encyclopedia defining as a proposed gender neutral personal pronoun instead of the he or the she. So she's a hen. That's what they're saying here. And it says, recently the country's first gender-neutral children's book was greeting with fanfare. It replaced Mamor and Papor, mums and dads, with Mapor and Pamor, a new word that blended and confused the traditional terms. The core mission of the national curriculum in Sweden preschools is to eradicate gender roles, according to CBS News. Many preschools have hired gender, gender pedagogues to help teachers to identify language and behavior that risk reinforcing traditional male-female behaviors. For example, at Egalia, a government-funded model preschool in Stockholm, nearly all books deal with homosexual couples. You understand the normal couple, it's normal, folk. we're all here because of couples in the past, understand, that's why we're here. If you look at nature, everything breeds out there, and there are female uh, birds and mammals, and male ones as well, and they breed with their own kinds, and the, the, the species goes on, you understand? There's a big move to destroy certain species here, obviously. So nearly all books in the school deal with homosexual couples, single parents, or adopted children. When children are playing house and the role of the mum is already taken and they start to squabble, the rector told CBS News, we suggest two mums or three mums and so on. This year, Top Toy, one of Europe's uh, largest toy companies, submitted to gender neutrality training after censure for sexism from Sweden's advertising ombudsman. The result is a Christmas catalogue featuring, featuring boys blow-drying a girl's hair or playing with a Barbie dream house and girls playing with gruesome action figures. 
See, it's role reversal, folks. You understand? Because the Frankfurt School and the, the, there's a few other schools joined them, the Macy Group as well. All the top philosophers, they're awfully well known, were part of this to, to give a new culture for the West, especially to the US. And they said they would have to destroy every, everything that created the old society. And the dad would become a lesser figure, lesser figure, until he was basically neutralized and wouldn't say anything if there was a dad at all. And they don't, most of them. And the women were encouraged to take the lead role, and they are now the bosses. That's happened. Mind you, all their hormones have been tinkered with too. And that's what Charles Galton um, said in his book, The Next Million Years. Charles Galton Darwin. And it says, as Sweden's experiment in raising sexual distinctions likely to succeed, in the words of American commentator Christina Hoff Summers, you can give a boy a doll, but you can't make him play with it. An Atlantic article by that name she reports that American toy manufacturer Hasbro once tried to market unisex playhouses in the country. Girls kissed and dressed the dolls, but boys catapulted the doggy, the doll buggy from the roof. Children's play preferences are one of the largest and most persistent differences between the sexes. David Geary, development psychologist at the University of Missouri, told Summers, boys generally like rough and tumble play, while girls tend to prefer nurturing play. Geary predicted that Swedish gender-neutral toy catalogue will almost certainly disappear in a few years once parents who buy from it realise their children don't want these toys. It doesn't matter, they keep trying to ram this through. Androgyny is what they're after, you see. The perfect fairness when you get to androgyny, where you don't know who's who, who is what. Mad, mad. But they've got this method to their madness. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, talking about the, the nonsense going on in Sweden, not just Sweden, no, it's, they're pushing this, this ideology across the whole world right now, big time, because it's all connected with the United Nations, it runs all the NGOs that push it. And it says, uh, we Americans may roll our eyes at Sweden's over-the-top sexual engineering, and it is social engineering, you see, that's the whole idea of socialism, communism, ultimately, is to create the new type of human altogether, and it's all Pavlovian, they're a blank slate, and they can program you, they really, really believe this. Similar moves are underway here. One of the campaigns to convince Americans that parenting is a gender-neutral activity and that the fathers and mothers are entirely interchangeable. In reality, men and women complement one another physically, socially and emotionally in the bearing and rearing of children. Fathers, for example, tend to encourage risk-taking and independence, while mothers nurture and soothe the hurt feelings and often have trouble letting go. But reality rarely stops ideologies. And it says in Ideologues, what links Sweden and America's social planners is a shared premise that human beings are infinitely malleable, that with enough, enough browbeating, other folk can be made to conform to their vision of the ideal society. It's no surprise that Sweden's gender-neutral uh, crusade, carried out in the name of liberation, ends up constricting human freedom. Exhibit A is the Swedish preschool that has ended free playtime because, as the staffer explained, when children are allowed to play as they wish, stereotypical gender patterns are born. I mean, the boys start chasing each other and tagging each other and the girls stand and chat somewhere else. 
It says, Slate sums it up this way. Ironically, in the effort to sweep Swedish children from so-called normative behavior, gender-neutral proponents are subjecting them to a whole set of new rules and new norms as certain forms of play become taboo. Language becomes regulated and children's interactions and attitudes are closely observed by teachers. It's just like Orwell's 1984, where they start restrict changing the vocabulary even changes the, change the dictionary in 1984 and minimize the words they could use until certain words just disappeared and you had nothing to express yourself by when you have no words. It's the same agenda ongoing, folks. And they've got power. They've got power, these nutcases, these, these maniacs of, that want power. They have it. And of course, they're also bringing in plans across Europe and elsewhere to just because they started this off in Holland years ago, where they paid the men to stay at home, look after the babies, and and the women went off to work. Well, they're trying to start the whole thing across the whole of Europe now uh, to again change the, the idea of what a man will think of as himself, basically. So, social engineering, big time. And don't forget for a minute that Obama has read on this all this kind of uh, idealism too. No doubt about it at all. And also, it says here that uh, wellness, this wellness, these all wellness programs are across the world now. As they bring you into austerity, they're going to bring in psychologists and so on to train you to how to feel good about yourself as you get poorer. You know, Australia's largest not-for-profit uh, private health insurer, HCF, has launched its new generation of wellness. This is Wellness Part Two portal, coinciding with a new survey commissioned by the company, which it says shows Australians have become more proactive in managing their health. Then they go into all the different uh, applications on their different phones and so on they're putting out there. They interact with two, and you talk to them like a little, um, a, a, um, someone who is a confider. They'll confide in you and tell you how to increase your, your, your exercise, what to eat, what not to eat, and so on on a daily basis. To make you well, you understand. And I give you psychological counseling too. Isn't that nice? From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.